Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of the Yacking Show Business Channel. And this is a show where we bring you expert and interesting guests to give you tips and ideas to help you thrive and survive in your business in the interesting times we're heading into. But first, let's welcome Kathleen Beauvais, our co-host, and she will introduce our guest. Hi, Kathleen. How are you today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much for that. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We're so privileged to welcome Nicole Porter to the show. Hello, Nicole. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Nicole is the founder of Monomoy Social Media. She is a social media expert who helps small businesses navigate the very large and overwhelming world of social media and help them focus on what's really important. So let's just jump right in, Nicole. Can you tell us what the most important social media tip you can give to a small business owner in today's environment? Sure. I think the number one thing I heard this years ago, it still holds true. And I've kind of made it my mantra. And it's, it is not marketing media, it is social media. So it is very important to talk to people on these platforms. So the number one tip I can give to people is don't just put out content and leave it, make sure you're actively engaging with people. And I don't what by, by that I don't necessarily mean respond to comments. That is an important part of it. But I also mean go out and talk to other people, comment on their posts and create conversation, show your thought leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take you much further than content alone. So that is my number one tip for anybody using social media. And mm-hmm. is that... Um... Would that apply to all platforms? So, I mean, we know that LinkedIn is mostly based, is mostly for businesses. Men, Facebook, it's it's usually social. But would you, do you think that that applies to all of those platforms? Absolutely, yeah. It goes across platforms. Um, the more you can do it as your business, the better. Um, with the exception of LinkedIn, a lot of times you will use your personal profile on LinkedIn over a business page. Mm-hmm. Although they LinkedIn has made quite a few improvements to their business page capabilities, mm-hmm. so you can now interact as a business page. And that's probably new within the past six months. Previously, you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of the time, unless you're on LinkedIn and have built Built up a significant following on your personal profile, you would want to do it as your business on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, now threads, um, YouTube, any any place you can interact as your business to get that thought leadership and that brand recognition is really helpful. Mm, very good. So the, the big question that we hear from a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs is, which social media platform, I can't do everything. So how do I choose the best social media platform to direct my energies to? What's your advice there, Nicole? I really think you have to look at your business and who you're trying to reach. And then you go from there. Who who Mm -hmm. am I trying to talk to? And where are those people hanging out? And I completely agree with what you just said, where you can't be everywhere. I am a big proponent of picking one to two places to really focus and then, you know, if you have a couple of secondary ones, that's okay. But you need a hero platform. You need a mm-hmm. main platform where your people are going to be hanging out. 
Um, you know, for me and my business being a social media business, that's LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my number one platform and Instagram is my secondary platform. You know, but if you're a bakery, LinkedIn's probably not going to be your number one platform. You're probably going to be looking at Instagram and then Facebook as a secondary platform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're a sportscaster, Twitter's probably going to be number one for you. So it really depends on your business and where your audience is hanging out. So I would have that person do research and see, okay, who is using what platform and which one has the most people that I want to connect with. Mm-hmm. And leading on from that, that, that would apply to the new ones that are springing up. We've had Mastodon, uh, there's another one I've forgotten, Post, and now Blue Skies, um, which is a, a modern, another version of Twitter. And I think it's Jack Dorsey, the original Twitter founder, started it. Uh, and it's easy to be tempted to be an early adopter of new technology and new platforms. But again, I think your your suggestion, if your customers are going there or your audience is going there, you need to be there. But if not, maybe you should hold back. Is is that right? Exactly. Like, for instance, what you were talking about, where there's these Twitter competitors are starting to come out. Um, and, you know, Jack Dorsey's starting a new one and Meta has their own. And if your audience is using Twitter already, then that might be a great place for you to start to have a presence and just kind of watch and see how it's going. But if your main audience is not on Twitter, there's no reason for you to start jumping on Twitter sure. competitors. Yeah, so I completely agree with that. It, it, it's great to be an early adopter if your audience is there. So, what are some of the biggest mistakes businesses make in their social media uh, activities? I think some of it is not being consistent, right? Not planning ahead. A lot of folks still don't do that. They'll just kind of wake up every day and say, "Okay, what what am I going to post today?" And I think when that happens, you more than more often than not end up not posting. So, I think having a plan is really important and to keep you consistent. Um, making sure that you put it into your schedule because I, the number one thing I see is people, it's the first, social media is the first thing that's going to fall off the bandwagon when you get busy. So Mm -hmm. if you don't have that hour set aside on, you know, Monday afternoon to plan out your social for the next couple of weeks, then it's probably not going to happen. Um, so not making it a priority is a big one. And then, like I said at the beginning, just posting content and not engaging at all is another big one I see. Um, people are very used to traditional forms of media. So mm-hmm. when you put out a radio ad, a magazine ad, you know, wherever your traditional forms of media media are, you know, sending out a mailer, you set it and forget it. People then respond to you if they see your ad. But social media is completely different. And it's the first time we've in history, we've really had that opportunity to interact with our audience in real time and show the people behind our business. So um, I think a lot of people don't realize the power of that and how beneficial that can be to connect with your audience. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I think what a lot of people forget as well is the the short life of a social media post right if you don't see it when it happens it's not like a direct mail thing you might leave lying on the kitchen table or on a coffee table for the next two weeks or use as a bookmark or or even a a repetitive tv ad that you keep getting reminded it's one post on social media and it's gone sort of Mm -hmm. thing so there's another thing that intrigues me um how how have social media marketing strategies been affected by the three-year lockdown? Have you seen a major shift in what businesses are doing or, or not necessarily? Well, I see them doing a lot more of it. 
mm-hmm. I definitely saw a huge shift to people kind of flocking to these platforms um, when the pandemic happened. And, um, you know, people were forced almost to learn how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in that there's been a lot more influx on the um, on the platforms. I think people are leaning more on um, authenticity, which is it's it, that's a big buzzword. But I think people are starting to realize the power of just showing up and not being curated. Uh, that TikTok style video is becoming really, really big. And the meta platforms are trying to compete with that, with TikTok. So they're giving the real preferential algorithm treatment. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're so easily scrollable and people are so distracted in this day and age. I think that that type of content has really taken off in the past three years. And I think it'll continue to do so um, because there's more people, because we have a short attention span um, and because it's just so easy to consume. And it's nine times out of 10, that type of content is real. It's off the cuff. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not scripted where somebody's standing in front of a camera. I mean, every once in a while, you know, they practice that dance a lot before they did it. But other than that, it's, you know, it's very much, hey, I'm reacting to this video or I'm doing, you know, I'm talking about this thing. I'm in the grocery store and I'm, you know, talking about things. So it's, it's very raw. It's very real. And I think people are craving that. And, and I think part of that too, is because we lost that connection when there was a lockdown and Mm -hmm. we all weren't leaving our houses, we were able to connect in other ways. Uh, So there's that piece of it as well. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts about reposting content? Because for some small businesses that are very, you know, there's uh, solopreneurs out there that are doing everything themselves and having to come up with a whole schedule of content Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, it's very labor intensive for them. So is there a downside to, you know, because tweets and social media posts are are so fast, right? People just see them in a blink of an eye. Is there any Mm -hmm. problem that you can see of reposting them? Not necessarily. It does depend a bit on the platform you're talking Mm -hmm. about, because Mm -hmm. if you retweet, then that's going to go a little bit further than sharing a post on Facebook. Um, Unfortunately, meta platforms just they don't give the the same reach to a shared post. If you're sharing a post versus posting natively, they're just not going to show it to as many mm-hmm. people. Um, and I think one way to get around that is you can try to add some of your own thought to it. Try to add a little bit of originality. So if you see a post that really resonates with you and you think your audience would enjoy it, and um, you can add a couple of your own thoughts to it. And that's going to make it go a little bit further than just, just a repost and that's it and not saying anything. Um, and, and that kind of whole content true. though that you're reposting. What if it's your own content? Even, even if I share my own post, so if I go onto Facebook or LinkedIn and I hit share because um, on a on Instagram you have to share it to a story, which is also that actually can work really well when you share it to a story because you're reaching different people and you can get a little bit different engagement. Uh, but if I go onto LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook and I hit share and I share my own post, that second post still won't go as far, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. So in that case, I would copy paste, honestly. And I'm a 
huge proponent of repurposing. And it's kind of what Peter was saying before, where it's so quick, right? And not everybody's going to see it and it's going to be gone tomorrow. So if you have something from a couple months ago that you can repurpose, yes, do that, please. And if you have one piece of content that's a long form piece of content, if it's a longer video, if it's a longer blog post, break that up and use that in many different places. So make that into a quote graphic, take a snippet and make and use that as a piece of content. You know, take a piece of your blog post and use that as your, you know, short form content for the day and then use other pieces later on. Um, So repurposing content and reposting your content is great if you can copy paste it, but the share button itself is kind of where it becomes problematic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, that's, uh, that's good information. Yeah, you know, and of course, Twitter Twitter get upset if you try and post the exact same tweet too too quickly after the one you've done before. They don't like that, right? Right. Yeah, Twitter is finicky. Well, I guess they're all finicky, really. But um, yeah, Twitter, you know, if you're, again, if you're retweeting and you're adding different commentary, then they're okay with that. Oh, but yeah. if you're just yeah. retweeting the same thing, yeah, they're not, they don't like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so at what point should should a business owner consider paying for social media ads then? I think when it gets to a point where they're starting to see a result from their own efforts and they're big enough where they do, don't have the time, but they need the visibility. So it's where they, okay, I have a lot of content. I have a strategy. I've been executing and you know, I want to keep doing this, but I want to focus on what I do well. Mm -hmm. So now it's time to hand this over. Okay. Okay. So we see some businesses and and some influencers particularly seem to have a knack of of getting content to go viral in a very short space of time, whether it's video or or text. And they, through that, they build up an army of, of, um, ravenous and uh, rabid fans that will promote them. So is there is what's the, the blueprint for achieving that? Because many of them do it for totally different reasons and with totally different content. Uh, from my observations, it doesn't seem to be a common thread. So what's your advice to the entrepreneurs who are trying to build an army of uh, fans or advocates? How do you start doing that? You know, I wish I had some inside secret on exactly how to go viral, but I don't know that anybody has the exact formula for that, but I do have a few things um, Mm -hmm. that could work for that. You know, one is if you're able to jump on a trending topic, you know, if you see something that is doing really well and you can add your own take on that, that can work really well. Um, There's always certain topics that are going to do well, money, time, how to lose weight. I mean, how to eat healthy. Like there's certain topics that you know are going to draw people in. Um, And using those titles uh, that can be, I don't really like to use the word clickbait because I don't want to mislead people. I never suggest misleading people. But if you have a topic and you can make that engaging, you know, five ways to do this in a month, right? It mm-hmm. entices people a little bit more. So that type of thing can also help your content go further. Um, collaborating with other people can make your content go further. So if there's somebody that has a larger audience than you, and that kind of goes back to that engagement, if you're contacting them, commenting on their post, 
maybe I'll consider doing a collaboration with you. And then you're going to go a little bit further in that way as well. Um, and then once again, that authenticity piece, don't be fake right. because they're not, people aren't going to, they're just not going to respond to that. So you can kind of see that common thread in a lot of things that go viral is it's very raw. It's very authentic and people aren't, you know, they're, they're just, they're just themselves. They're not trying to, it, they're often not trying to go viral. It's usually, it ha they, they talk it about a topic sure. and then they're like, it happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you're choosing topics, you've got to be relevant too. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of the, the video, Richmond North of, uh, was it Richmond North of Virginia or, or uh, the the country singer who his video went viral. Um, it's uh, what's all, come on, Kathleen, help me out here. Uh, oh. Richmond north of Richmond north of Washington, Virginia. I don't know, whatever. And he's a sort of everyday guy who's ranting somewhat about the elite bankers oh, and um, right. middle 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 class losing out and all that. And he's not a good singer. He's not a good m musician. But it just caught the right. It was it came at the right time. So what I'm trying to say, though, as popular as that is, and as as many millions of views that got, it would be silly if you're a conventional banker to try and link any anything of yours to that. You'd you'd be doing yourself a serious disservice. But on that score, Nicole, what about groups on on Facebook and LinkedIn, groups and pages? Should you is a good way to get into relevant groups. So if you're in the healthy eating uh, industry, for instance. And you start putting posts in those groups and engaging in those groups. Does that that help your cause? Yes, I'm I'm a big fan of groups. Um, Facebook more than LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're still not as um, valuable. People don't use them quite as much. But if you find an active one on LinkedIn, it, it can be helpful. They're just not at as popular as the Facebook sure. ones. But I actually think this day and age. Groups are more important than pages on mm -hmm. on uh, Facebook. I think it's important to have a page as a public facing um, entity. But if you can go to a group and you can interact as your page or you can interact as yourself, make sure that you have your your page linked to your personal profile, um, then that can really take you far. But you have to make sure that you're not just posting, that you're actually talking to people and mm -hmm. that you're doing it on a regular basis. So if you can find one or two groups that are really active and they really have the audience that you're looking for in those groups, then it can be a really valuable use of your time. Mm -hmm. um, especially, I see this a lot with local companies, you know, and I don't necessarily mean local to me, but just local, you have a brick and mortar location yep. and you're trying to reach the surrounding area. Most places have a community group and mm -hmm. that can be hugely, hugely valuable. I see it work a lot with profits um and most people don't take advantage of that and it, it's i think it's an underutilized resource especially mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. especially on mm -hmm. facebook right. yeah we have a really good example sorry kathleen a really good example just, i live in a, on a farm i'm not a farmer but I, I choose to live in the country and just up the road we have a very big vegetable and berry farm and there the owner's young daughter well she be in her mid-20s now went to university did marketing and she's joined the farm and she has a really, really good Facebook group. And she puts on there what's in stock, what's how it's going in the fields, photographs. And they have a huge following from quite a wide area around our community. People coming to buy from there. They have quite a big shop on the farm, right? And and she's got it working really well. So I'm sure a lot of advantages for other businesses there. Sorry, Kathleen, I jumped in ahead of you. Not I do all, apologize. Just brings me to another question, though. Um, are there better times in the day 
um, that post should be published? Well, I, this is going to always be my answer. It depends. Um, <laughs> it depends on your audience. It depends on the platform. Right. Um, you know, if you're looking at LinkedIn earlier in the day, definitely, because you're really trying to reach that professional audience. They're probably not there in the evening. Whereas when you're looking at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, people are more likely to go on there to waste time and just scroll. Mm -hmm. And so that might be more in the evening time. Uh, sometimes you can catch people middle of the day on Instagram. Um, I don't have enough data on threads and the other ones yet. I haven't been using them long enough, but you know, it, it really, it can depend on the platform can depend on your audience and the meta platforms actually will give you some insight as well mm -hmm. as to when your platform, when your audience is on that platform. So if you're using their business suite and you go to schedule a post, it will actually tell you some ideal times and that is taken directly from your audience. So it'll look different. If I have you know two different clients, I'm trying to schedule mm -hmm. on these platforms it'll it'll look different for each client. So it's data that's from your audience that's already following you and interacting with your content. Um, so well, it's really helpful to look at that. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah. And and on that one, it's if you're if you have an e-commerce business and you're operating internationally, you've got to be very aware of time zone differences as well. And on, on Twitter, I have a lot of followers in the UK and also South Africa and some in Australia. So if you want to catch them, you've got to be up for the UK five hours earlier than we would be talking to people here, right? And uh, other parts uh -huh. even more. That's also important as well. Sorry, Kathleen, again, I did it again. No, no, uh, go ahead, Peter. <laughs> no, that, that, I just wanted to interject with that one. Um, so I know I, I had a, being an old, older guy brought up in a very conservative British stiff upper lip type background in Africa. When I came to Canada, I, I never used the internet until I came to Canada 19 years ago. And the thought I had to get involved in online business because I ended up with a health problem that stopped me with my farming activities. So I had no choice. And the thought of exposing any personal information on social media drove me nuts. And, I, and I, it was really difficult for me to get started. Now I'm over it. Um, what's your advice, though, to small business owners, maybe not that much younger than myself, who, who now have to have a social media presence and have this huge problem of revealing anything of their personality? What's your advice? How do they get over that? Well, I think the first thing to realize with that is that you don't have to share everything to sure. have an internet presence and you don't have to to share everything to be authentic. You can be yourself and still hold some things back. Um, you know, for instance, I very rarely will post photos of my children on my business pages mm -hmm. because that's a boundary that I choose to have. Sure. But I, I still feel that I'm maintain an authentic presence. You know, I don't mind posting pictures of my dogs or my ducks or whatever else I might have going on. Um, you know, if I'm out at a networking event, I try to remember to take, you know, a selfie with some of the folks there or, you know, like for instance, when we're doing this interview and we take a photo and that's a way to show that authenticity mm -hmm. without showing everything. I don't need to tell sure. you where I live and, you know, what I had for lunch and, and everything else. So, you can definitely draw a line in the sand and say, you know, this is what I choose to share and this is what I choose not to. And that's perfectly fine. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that can really help people have a presence when they when they understand that they're in control. They're in control of how much they're able to share and what goes out to the world. 
Um, and there are definitely safeguards you can take so that you're not sure. sharing everything. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And when I when I came to that realization, that that allowed me to a get more creative and b to do a lot more than I was doing at the time. And so, yeah, that's very good advice. Yeah, for our audience. Back to you, Kathleen. So, Nicole, how can an entrepreneur determine their target market through a social media platform? Is there a way to determine that? Who's looking at your posts, and how do they go about the finding out what the demographic is of that of those uh, people that are looking at it like is there a way of doing that yeah so there are a number of people that will do studies on the different platforms and find out who's using them so google's a great place to start google you know if they know okay these are the people i want to reach who, which platform are these people using? And there's a lot of great information out there. There's a lot of research studies done on that. But the platforms themselves will also give you that data. Um, and that will vary from platform to platform. But if you go in and you look at your analytics, if you started posting and you've started interacting and you give it a little bit of time to build up, you know, a few months of interacting and posting, you'll be able to tell. It will tell you the age, the gender, the um, location in the world. So you know if it's people in the US, people in Canada, people in Georgia, people in Massachusetts, people in UK. I mean, it'll tell you 80% of your audience is here and 20% is over here and three is over here. So you can really get deep down into that data if you so choose. And if you're unsure of which platform you should be using, give a few a, you know, a chance and then go into that data and say, okay, the people I want to reach are really responding on this platform after three months. So this is where I'm going to put my energy. Um, so there's a few different ways you can go about it, but I would actually suggest both take, you know, to go look at the outside data from companies that are, you know, external from these platforms and then look at your data from inside mm -hmm. the platform once you make that decision. Oh, excellent. Wow. Very good. What about, sorry, I've got an extra thing I, I just thought of that I need to ask Nicole, if I may. Um, use of AI, things like chat GPT, uh, how is that helping or, or hindering people in their social media marketing activities? You know, I think it's doing both. Um, so I think it is a really great tool. I mean, if you are not if, you, if you're not a writer, if you're not creative, or you just don't know what to post sometimes, you it can be really great. Where this can um, hinder people is when you start to use it exclusively. Um, if you're not editing it, if you're just taking what it says and, and you're throwing it up there, then that is not great because people will know it's not you. Um, and making sure that it's not too similar to what other people are posting mm -hmm. because I am starting to get to the point where if I'm if I'm on social media, I can tell when a post has come from ChatGPT. Um, yeah. And, you know, that rocket emoji is really overused now because mm -hmm. yeah. they really will. I mean, I swear, you see that rocket emoji, you know it came from ChatGPT. So you really need to edit it and make it your own. But it can really be helpful if you need to start. Right. And I, sure. I find that's really where it is the most. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you 100%. We use it, and we find it has some words that are real favorites. And everything you get it to write for you, those same two or three words yeah. come up 
So we, we edit everything and take a lot of those emojis out as well. What I found, um, I just tried something that, that I picked up from another marketer and I asked chat GPT to give me a persona for a certain business direction we were thinking of going in, who would be our ideal customer. And, and I gave it a whole lot of parameters and it was amazing what it, what it spat out. Hey, Kathleen. I mean, quite incredible. And very detailed. I couldn't believe the amount of detail I came up with. Yeah. This thing is useful, you know, but again, you've got, it's a tool. It's a tool. It's not a, it's not a, um, um uh, it's not magic good well thank you nicole and yes. before i hand over back to kathleen to uh, no you've got a sorry i'm jumping in again back to you <laughs> kathleen so, so nicole we are running uh short on time here but please tell us how do people contact you thank you so much for asking um so you can find me on my website madamoysocialmedia.com I am on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, um, Matamoy Social Media, or you can find me under my name, Nicole Porter, on LinkedIn as well, which is where I do most of my interactions. So that's the best place. Excellent. Well, thank you. I I missed the third one. Twitter, LinkedIn is where you do most of it. Was it Instagram? Yep. Uh, I do Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under Matamoy Social Media. And then, yeah, and then I do LinkedIn as well okay. um, under my own name, under Nicole Porter, which is where most of my interaction is. So we, we will find there. you on the ones we haven't we haven't found you on. So that's great. <laughs> um, before Kathleen wraps it up for our guests, both video and audio, for the audio guests, you will find all the contact details for Nicole in your description on whatever platform you happen to be listening to this on. And as always, we've had another interesting guest. We'll have another one next week. And to make sure you don't miss our new guests coming up and the guests that we've just had, sign up for our newsletter. We only send you one email a week. And there is a form to sign up for the newsletter on our website, theyackingshow.com. That's it for me. Back to Kathleen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nicole. We so appreciated having you. And thank you all once again for tuning into our show. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please join us or visit us rather at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. And we would love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. 